Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So as you can see, uh, this is a year of change. Uh, my intro is different. My I will soon be changing my logo, which I will get into in a minute. I will be starting a Patreon, which I will talk about in weeks to come. And I am super, super excited that we're in a new year. So this is the first recording of 2023. And this is going to be a year of change, at least for me. And I am so, so, so excited to announce that I have the results of my arbitration and I am just like, uh, I just got them yesterday. And I mean, all of you know, I have been a tortured soul. I have been anticipating and anticipating and waiting and every phone call that comes in, I'm like, is it my attorney? And, you know, and I, I had set my sights on the 17th of December because I'm like, okay, like counting all the days, it they've got to be in by the 17th at the very latest. And I'm like, if she makes us wait that long, that is just like cruel and unusual punishment. But, and I think, you know, obviously we've been struggling financially. We've been trying to stay in business. We've, you know, with the holidays, it was so stressful but I think it was also just like my sense that we had been so wronged and that, and that this other side had been saying that we were the ones that had done something wrong. And I'm like, no, 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 you material breached our contract and you need to pay us damages. And I am thrilled to announce that the judge did see our side of things and we did win our arbitration. So, oh. I'm so excited. It's it's honestly just been sinking in over the past like night. And and look, I'm we asked for much much more money than we got. And there were a lot of different outcomes that that could have been. And of course, I was dreaming of like our ultimate outcome, right? Like I I was dreaming that the judge would give us punitive damages and would see the evil intent of the other party because it there truly was evil intent. I mean, uh, you know, and and it really was like a David and Goliath situation. I mean, we were we were facing the world's largest cannabis conglomerate who has billions and billions of dollars and they didn't care. They 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 wanted to crush us and and they almost succeeded. And so, you know, when I looked at all the outcomes, what we got, we got our actual damages. And we got so we got the amount of the amount of money where I was a, where I am able to say we justice was served, right? Like if we had gotten less, I would have been like we got screwed over, you know? And but but the amount that we got I do feel like justice was served. And to feel that that you were victorious in our shitty judicial system, I mean, I, I did not have a lot of faith in our justice system, to be honest. We've all seen people that we love and things go awry. 
And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. I, I really believe that you can just have really bad luck or get a bad judge. And and I didn't think that we had a bad judge. I thought that we had a very fair, intelligent judge that would would be able to determine the truth and the evidence. And and she did. So so we will, you know, we we still have to like watch every penny. We and and hopefully they pay us on time. I mean, they could absolutely drag their feet and we'd have to go into collections and put liens against their properties and hopefully we don't have to get to that point. Um I am going to be sharing all of our situation on social media at some point in the future, but I'm not going to do that until like we are a few months in the future where I feel secure. We have the money in our bank and, you know, and all is all is well in the world. So, but, you know, this will allow us to get our Massachusetts market up and running and and it will allow us to, you know, get our salaries back and pay bills that are, are waiting to be paid. And, you know, just it's it's just such a relief. And to feel that justice has been served is just it's a blessing. I'm very, very, very grateful. I'm glad that I don't have to wait any. Well, I mean, we have to wait for for them to to, to send it to us. But overall, like the judgment is in and <clears throat> And, you know, I feel great about that. So thank you for all of everyone who has well-wished me, who has DM'd me on Instagram, who has prayed for me. I know there's a lot of, I mean, I've been talking to everybody about this. And this was why I was like, this is going to be really embarrassing if we lose. And I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow. Um, but uh, I'm I'm really, really happy that it that it turned out well. So Oh, so that's, that is, and it's such a great thing to start 2023 with this. You know, it's, it's, I, and again, I, I recorded and, and uploaded the podcast last week on the first, but, you know, I'd recorded, um, you know, that in, in 2022. So here we are in the new year, the first podcast of the new year. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be able to announce this and to stop talking about it because all of you are probably sick of hearing it. So yeah. So, okay. So that was really exciting. So now let's rewind, um, and talk a little bit about, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm today, I'm going to be doing a review of a new podcast called Maintenance Phase. And I found out about this podcast in a very interesting way, which I'm going to tell you about in a few minutes. Uh, but first, let me talk a little bit about my New Year's Eve recap. Uh, so I hope all of you had a happy New Year's Eve and had fun, uh, whether you stayed and relaxed or, you know, went out and mixed it up. I hope all of you had a, a safe and fun time. Uh, my boyfriend flew in and he was a little sniffly when he flew in. So I, I did end up getting a little bit of his cold, but he, he wasn't like really sick and I didn't get like crazy sick, but, and he, he was fine, but he, he came in and he had this crazy migraine and we went and stayed down at my, where my grandfather used to live. And oh God, we were in the most uncomfortable bed. It was freezing down there. I mean, I was just like, this is not how I want to spend my first night with him, <laughs> but we, um, but he felt better the next day. Uh, my mom made us a delicious dinner of beef stew and homemade biscuits. So that was really yummy. And then we checked, we drove to Camden, Maine the next day. My sister lives in Rockland, which is right next to Camden. And she had set up this private beer tasting for us at a brewery because Chad, my boyfriend is like, loves beer 
And so we drove there. And I mean, the beer tasting was early. So we checked in on Friday. And of course, New Year's Eve was on Saturday. So we had dinner plans in Camden with my brother on Friday. And so we got to the beer tasting around noon. And I mean, I had like, I had had like maybe just like this little protein shake earlier, just like a liquid one, pre-mixed one. And so I was, you know, had a very empty stomach by the time we got there. It was noon. And, and so the guy that was there, wicked nice guy, like he was an Italian guy from New York, taken over this brewery, very much the gift of gab. I mean, this guy talked our ear off for like 40 minutes before the actual tasting started. Um, so we heard about his whole really fascinating kind of history and how he got into, into brewing beer and, and then he brought out a bunch of flights for us to try. And he had a lot of food on the table for us, all local food. He had some, like some pretzels with, with, um, mustard that were made by a local um bakery he had this like this pizza he had some some uh tortilla chips with some salsa verde uh he had some cheese and crackers and so you know I, I drank a little bit of my first flight but I'm like I gotta get some food in my stomach so I'm not like you know so I can make it to dinner with my brother later and so I went and ate, you know, ate a little bit of the pizza and the pretzel and, you know, got a nice little carb cushion, if you will, for the beer. And uh, so, I mean, some of these beers were really strong. He gave us like seven flights and yeah, I walked out of there feeling really good. And so, yeah, so we, we started there and then went and checked into our hotel. We stayed at a beautiful boutique hotel called uh, 21 Bay Street. If you are ever in Camden, Maine, I highly recommend it. It's it's right in the middle of everything. It's right in the middle of their little downtown. It's right on the water. Actually, on my Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, I last summer I posted some some pictures from there. They have a gorgeous rooftop in the summer. They've got cocktails and appetizers you can eat up there, and it's got a view of the ocean and the bay. And it's oh, it's gorgeous. Of course, it's not open during the winter, but it's nice because you're in the downtown and you're just close to everything. So. So we checked in, got settled. We had a beautiful executive suite that we had splurged on for the holiday and had two fireplaces, which was really cozy and some comfortable bed, a big comfortable bed. And so after we got settled and unpacked, we, you know, just walked around, did a little shopping. Um, my mom had told us about this cupcake place that we had to go check out. And of course it was closed when we got there. But I was, at that point, I was like craving cupcakes. So I'm like, okay, we need to find another place to get a cupcake around here. So we found this other cute little shop and got, I mean, they had so many good desserts. It was, and I posted some of them on my Instagram. It was hard to decide. They had this like, this toffee bar thing and this chocolate, like minty bar thing and a bunch of cupcakes and this apple. Anyway, I ended up getting a cupcake, a chocolate cupcake with vanilla frosting and a like this apple pastry delicious and then we went to this so chad wanted to go to another brewery so we went to this brewery and on the menu there was this peppermint martini and of course tis the season <laughs> so i uh you know, and, and and this is the time of year when I'm not counting, you know, I'm, I'm never counting calories, but I'm not, I'm not really choosing lighter drinks. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to be on the lighter side, I'm, you know, drinking some sort of like flavored clear vodka with like a soda water to just not have, you know, a heavy drink. 
But, you know, during the holiday season, it's like I'm getting the martinis. I'm getting the creamy drinks. I'm getting the espresso martinis. So, so I ordered this peppermint martini because it's on the menu as a holiday drink. And it's, you know, we're, we're just after Christmas, before New Year's, we're still in the midst of the holiday. And so the bartender comes over, seems like a nice guy. And I order this drink and he immediately gets this like not good look on his face. Like he's annoyed that I ordered it. And he's like, oh, we're not really serving that right now. That's like a seasonal thing. I don't think that's on the menu anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. And uh, and he's just, he keeps like, he, but he doesn't give me the menu back. And he's like, oh, maybe we can make it. Maybe we can make it. And, and so he's like, I think we can do this. So, and and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'll order something else. Like, I don't, I don't mind ordering something else, but if, but he, he didn't really give me the chance to look at the menu again. He just, he was like, I'm going to make it. So I'm like, okay, make it. So he make, proceeds to make the most disgusting martini I have ever seen or tasted in my life. Uh, and again, I posted a picture of it on my Instagram. Ugh, gross. So I had had this, a peppermint martini before I, I came back to Maine and it was freaking delicious. This one was so nasty. I've had a couple of extremely delicious peppermint martinis. Okay. They're both, they're all featured on my Instagram. One of them was this pink, luscious, delicious concoction that I had in Augusta. This one. Okay. First of all, it was the, okay. The martini itself, he had, he had crushed some candy cane, but like had put a chocolate rim and the, the crushed candy cane was not truly crushed. It was like these big chunks all around the rim and then the actual drink itself was like, it. Had, so usually when you get a, a nice creamy martini, it's like well blended and it's like the whole thing's creamy. This one, the clear liquor had separated from this like creamy floating top. It was separated alcohol. It was disgusting looking. I didn't even want to try it. I'm like, I don't even want to drink this. I looked at Chad. I'm like, I don't even want this. And he's, of course, like embarrassed that I'm like not happy with my drink, like I'm a Karen or something. I'm like, Chad, I'm like, I want, trust me, I'm like, I don't want to complain about this martini. Like he didn't want to make it. He went ahead and made it. I don't, I, I do want to be able to drink this martini. I don't like being a high maintenance customer. I just don't. I don't, I like to be liked. I, and I, and I value servers. I respect servers. I'm always polite to, serve. I'm, I was a server. I mean, like I get it. And so, but, but I can't drink this gross drink. I, the, the, the cream smelled kind of bad. Like it was, there was something very off. And so I just, I like, I, I took the tiniest sip. I'm like, well, I can't do it. And I pushed it away. And the the bartender would not look my way again. <laughs> he just was like, I'm not even looking this girl. And so, and, and Chad had ordered this like million flights. I mean, he had too many beers in front of him. So I was like, I'll just help you drink these. He's like, tell me. And so, I mean, it was too many for him anyway. So it was fine. And, you know, I liked the beer. There were some good beers. <clears throat> so I just helped him drink the drinks. And then I pushed the martini to the very front of where he, the bartender could no longer ignore it. And of course the beer was gone. And so he finally came over and we're like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I, I just, I think the cream's a little bad. And so he's like, no problem. I'll take it off the, the tab. And I'm like, thank you so much. <clears throat> I was grateful. And, and that was it. So we leave there and then we go to a third brewery where I then order an espresso martini 
Now, some of you may be like, I think this girl has a drinking problem. Now, I definitely drank too much this night. Um, and I, but the, the espresso martini was absolutely delicious. And so we had the espresso martini and literally right next door was the Fresh & Co. Um, restaurant that we went to with my brother. So we grabbed his presents. We met him there. We had a delicious meal. The food was amazing. It's my sister's friend that owns it. If you ever go to Camden, Fresh & Co. It's really good. We had this meze, um, like some pita with this really yummy um, like hummus type of dip. I think it was like a red pepper hummus dip. We had some cod cakes. I ordered this uh, pasta dish with like this vodka and sausage sauce. Mm. And then Chad got burger and fries that looked really good. And then my brother got lamb, like rack of lamb and his girlfriend, Katie, who came too. It was nice to go out to dinner with my brother and his new girlfriend. Um, she got some sort of chicken dish and it was all really good. Two more glasses of Prosecco I didn't need. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I hopefully didn't say anything embarrassing, but I definitely drank too much that night. We went home after or back to the hotel after. So it was a really fun night. Uh, really, you know, I, I love staying in little cute downtowns and walking around. And so that was a really good night. The next day was new year's Eve. So we got up, I dragged Chad to the gym with me kicking and screaming. I think he was glad that he, he, he went after all, but um, he didn't seem to want to go, but we had a whole day before New Year's Eve. I'm like, let's go to the gym. Like, why not? So we, um, I actually, the the gym next to the hotel had this like rock climbing wall, supposedly, but I was hoping to climb it, but it wasn't open. So anyway, just got a quick workout in. That was good. And then did some more shopping, um, ended up getting a cute little top. And then New Year's Eve dinner, my sister had arranged a ride for us. We met up with a couple of her friends and went to Primo restaurant again. Um, and again, I kept my expectations fairly low. Uh, I, but, um, and we'd had a, a really big breakfast that day and then we had had a little snack, uh, a little bit later on. So I wasn't starving for dinner, but, um, but it was good. We had, uh, what did we have? We ordered this lobster, lobster and pasta dish, we ordered uh, chicken and dumplings, and I had a filet mignon that was really good. There was a, a nice amuse-bouche, what is it called, amuse-bouche, of like this little rice dish. And then um, I had another espresso martini. So yeah, definitely had a good time there. And then we went to a, a dive bar that was doing karaoke. So, and I, don't, I usually don't do karaoke. I did for the first time in, ye I don't even know how long. It's been years and years and years and years and years and years and years, probably since I lived in Manhattan Beach in California, like literally like, you know, at least 15 years ago. So it was fun. My sister did karaoke. She was living it up. It was fun. It was a good time. It was nice to hang out with my sister and her, her boyfriend is a sommelier, so so that was good. And then the next day we just drove right to Portland, Maine, because Chad was flying out the next day. He was flying out so early. We just decided to drive from Rockland to Portland, which is about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And we got a hotel in Portland and it wasn't ready when we got there. And, you know, I was extremely hungover and usually I don't drink on New Year's Day. I usually don't do anything on New Year's Day. There has been an occasion where I'll go do a brunch with my sister, but, um, but I just, you know, I usually don't want to do much. 
And so this year we just drove to Portland again because Chad was checking in. So, or flying out the next morning. So we got there, we just left our bags with a hotel. And then we, uh, and then we, we were trying to find, I mean, there weren't a ton of restaurants open, obviously on New Year's day, but, uh, we, so we were, and, and Chad wanted to watch football, of course, cause it was Sunday. So we were trying to find a sports bar and, you know, in Portland, it's so small. Like all the places are so small that it was hard to find one that had decent food where we could comfortably sit down and actually see that, see a TV, um, we walked into one, I mean, we walked around for, you know, a good hour walking into all these different little places and walked into one that had a ton of TVs, but it, it smelled like you could, you could smell the mustiness. Like it hadn't been cleaned and it, it, it hadn't been had a good cleaning in years and they didn't serve food. And I'm like, no, I need food. So we finally found this great little place that was nice comfortable, had nice space to it, decent menu, good beer. So I did have a couple of beers that day and I, and it actually helped me just feel better because I was obviously hungover. And, um, I just had some egg rolls and some chicken satay and yeah, that was really good. It was satisfying. Had some, had a little salad with it, which was nice. And, um, yeah. And then went back drop Chad off early the next morning. I was starting to feel a little bit sick after waking up from New Year's. So I was like, Ugh. <clears throat> we didn't, we didn't do dinner that night. We just chilled in the hotel. He watched a million football games. I listened to podcasts and, you know, just relaxed that night. Ordered a bunch of standard bakery to pick up the next morning. I ordered like 10 of those prosciutto asagio croissants and froze them. And I've been eating them slowly throughout the past week. Delicious. Um, I got a bunch of their oatmeal cookies, which have been delicious. And I did, after I dropped him off at the airport and picked up my standard bakery, I didn't have, I didn't have to check out till 12. So I stayed in the hotel, got a little work done and finally got a good workout in because they had a nice gym. I was really pleased with the size of their gym and the equipment that they had in there. And it just felt good to get a workout in. I mean, it's crazy how out of my routine I've been with working out because I don't have a dedicated gym here. Even just the little gym that we've made in, in our house, you know, there's a treadmill, there's a bunch of like little, you know, kettlebells and weights and exercise bands. And just having that there, it just, it does keep me really consistent. Of course, I have my class pass that I can use here, you know, and especially because it's cold. I just get out of a routine. So I probably worked out, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe like five times since I've been home. I've, you know, done a couple of home workouts. Uh, I've done some yoga and I've been able to visit like two gyms. So not bad. Um, enough where I feel like I'm maintaining some tone, but, but definitely have been taking a lot of time off, which is good. I think it's nice for my body to have some rest. And then when I get back into it, It'll kind of shock my body and I'll be sore and I'll feel really good. So, so that was my New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And I, and in, in line with my year of change, I decided to do the Daily Stoic Challenge. Now, I think I mentioned this on my last podcast, but the, the Daily Stoic, I've been studying Stoicism for, I don't know, since... 
probably for a good five years. I found it when I was going through this really horrible breakup and really traumatizing time with my company and I needed a self-help book. And I discovered Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday wrote the book, Ego is the Enemy, that was life-changing for me. The Obstacle is the Way that has been life-changing for me. And and Stoicism is the kind of self-help that resonates greatly for me. I'm not someone who resonates with like a Tony Robbins type, the the woo-woo-woo, like the real high, high energy. That, it just doesn't appeal to me. I like the, the kind of calm control your emotions, control what you can control type of stoicism. Because I am a very, very, very emotional person. I'm a very opinionated person. And and that doesn't always serve me well. Uh, and and I have found that the, the stoicism that Ryan Holiday teaches has has greatly impacted my life in a positive way. And so he's, he's, he's talked about this new year, new challenge for many years. I've been hearing about it every year. I thought about doing it last year. I decided to put it off this year. I thought about putting it off again too. And, and the time that I decided to actually take the step, you know, I didn't have my arbitration results yet. I, I didn't know if I was even going to be able to get my salary back and you have to pay for this, but it's not a, it's not a lot. It's only, it was only like $99. And I'm like, you know what? I need to just do something. I need to make some changes this year. And I knew that regardless of what happened with the arbitration, I needed to to, to change things. I needed to, to do things differently this year than I did last year. And so I, I bit the bullet. I signed up for it. And I'm really glad I did. So I've been doing the daily stoic challenges. Now, of course, the very first one, I was so pissed about. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? The first challenge was a cold plunge. And I'm and I'm like, I don't want to do a cold plunge. Like, this has been something though that I like I posted on my Instagram again, my friend Michelle and her boyfriend Chad. My friend Michelle is all about wellness and and doing all these like very like natural healing types of things. And, and she's been cold plunging and she bought a cold plunge and, and look, I've been watching people do this and, and I'm like, hell no. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't like to be cold. I'm one of those people. I'm constantly cold. And I just did not, it just didn't appeal to me, you know? And, and, and when they were like Chad and, you know, when Chad and Michelle came and visited us for Thanksgiving, I'm like, no, they were all jumping in the pool, doing a five minute cold plunge. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. But of course, I'm like this daily stoic challenge. I'm like, I got to do it. So and the good thing is they they made it pretty easy. They were like, just do it for 23 seconds. And I'm like, OK, Veronica, you can do it for 23 seconds. And so I did it in the shower. Um, you know, I have I do have a frozen lake behind me. I wasn't going to drill a hole in the lake and jump in the lake. But um, <laughs> I decided to just do the shower. <clears throat> so turned on the freezing cold water. I stayed in for about 30 minutes, 30 seconds. And I was like, that was not fun. (laughs) Like that was not fun. I was proud of myself for doing it. And I think it's not something that's going to stick. Like that's not going to be something I am hoping that with these challenges that I do find some things that will stick and that I'll, you know, form a new habit around that. Um, the cold plunge is not going to be one of them. I'm, I'm going to say that now. I'm proud of myself for doing it and for challenging myself, but that's not going to be one that I incorporate on a regular basis. Uh, the other things were, 
like you're supposed to do, you know, think of like a, a mantra. So my, my mantra this year is, is grateful. Like, so that every time my, my mind starts to swirl into those unhealthy places, I can just bring it back to gratitude. Um, you're supposed to quietly quit something. So now some of you out there may be concerned about my drinking habits, right? Because I talk a lot about these alcohol fueled nights that I have with Chad. And I will say that, you know, I've been drinking in the past couple years and since I'm in this relationship, I've been drinking more than I have been for a very long time. And I, and I like drinking. I do. Like I, you know, I, I'm somebody that I like, I, I'm somebody that likes to change my state. Right. And, and, and I've met, it's not just like, you know, degenerates that like to do that. There's really intelligent people that, that like to do that. You know, there's, there's physicians, there's uh, scientists, there's a lot of people that I know that are brilliant people that are very educated that, that are similar. And then there's, there's the real clean living people, the wellness gurus, the alcohol free people, the substance free people. And I do admire those people. And, and some of those people also are highly, highly, highly successful. And I've, I've been contemplating like, you know, is alcohol holding me back in any way? You know, could I be more successful if I cut down on my alcohol consumption? And, and, and look, I recognize that the times that I do drink, I drink an excessive amount, right? I, the, you know, it's, it absolutely could be called binge drinking and, 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 you know, of course, because a lot of people do the whole dry January thing, which, you know, I've, I've done dry January once before it ended badly with me drinking way too much on the Super Bowl and blacking out. Um, but, and I wasn't planning on doing dry January. I, I, I'm not someone that thinks I have a drinking problem, but I will say that when I do drink and I'm binge, binge drinking, like on a Saturday is usually when I do it. And, you know, when I, when I'm, it's usually in the afternoon, we'll go out and drink all day and, you know, I'm pretty useless for the rest of the night. I, you know, will lay around like a lump the, the rest of the night, maybe watch movies, doze in and out, eat junky food. And then the next day, though, too, I'm, I'm a lot of times I'm unproductive. There are times I'll schedule Pilates class and I'll juice and I'll, I'll, I'll do some healthy things. Um, but but there are a lot of times where I'm just totally demotivated and I just have a hungover Sunday. And I'm thinking, like, how could my life be better if I, if I had more temperance, if I practiced more moderation, if I had more balance with it, right? And that's what I'm trying to strive for overall in my life is more balance. And so I did decide to quietly quit drinking. I'm not even supposed to really talk about it, but, um, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about it on my podcast. So, so I am going to do dry January. Um, obviously I did drink January 1st, but I, but you know, I started this daily stoic challenge technically on the second. So the rest of January will be dry. And then I am going to just try to moderate it later. I'm not going to just quit drinking. I, I'm not interested in completely quitting drinking, but I do think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that should be okay with one or two drinks. Um, you know, and, and on the occasion, if I have three, that should be it. I shouldn't be having six to eight drinks. It's like, just don't need that much. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I chose. And, you know, we'll see. It's, it's funny because, um, you know, I'm not someone that really thinks a lot about drinking until someone else talks about it. So I am very susceptible to cravings. 
um, mostly food cravings. But when I do hear people like talking about like going out for cocktails and I, I do like, oh, I want to do that. So that, and it's going to be interesting because my mom and I are going out for dinner tonight and to watch a movie. And she's like, so, you know, I know you're doing dry January. Um, is it going to trigger you if I drink? And I'm like, no, I'm like you can drink mom. <clears throat> like I'll drive you for once. And <clears throat> I'm like, this will be interesting. Like my mom drinking and I'm not drinking. So good for her. She deserves to have a couple drinks anyway. So, so that there was that, um, there's this focus on continuing to learn. It recommended, uh, this other daily stoic challenge recommended getting a, a coach. And I thought like, if I win my, if I win big with my arbitration, I'll get an executive coach. Um, I still don't think I can necessarily afford that, but I did get the book that they recommended, uh, to Eric Schmidt, the CEO of Google. When he started, he hired this like really successful executive coach. And then they wrote this book about it called Trillion Dollar Coach. <clears throat> so I just bought that book. So I'm going to read that book. And then, you know, teaching, you know, continuing to teach, which I'm a big teacher. I teach a lot of cannabis education, which I'm continuing to do. And then I'm developing this new, um, this new education series that hopefully will help us grow in my other business. And, and then the last daily stoic challenge is to stay clean and organized, which I scoured my room. It looks amazing. I am someone that is naturally like messy and disorganized. Uh, but I'm, but, and I'm, I need to stop saying that, right? I, I need, I do want, that is one thing that I'm hoping I can change some of the habits that I have around cleanliness and organization and basically keeping my desk clean is kind of how they put it in, in, in this podcast and this, this challenge. So, um, I really do believe that your mind is more calm and you have less anxiety when you're in a clean, organized environment. And that is not always easy for me to maintain, but I do think if I'm, if I can maintain that this year and I can try to create some good habits around staying clean, staying organized, I think I'll, I'll think I'll be overall a lot happier and, uh, and more successful. So so that's where I'm at with my daily stoic challenge. I don't know if you guys think about or or plan any um any new year's resolutions or whether you've made any changes yet that you're proud of. Please DM me and share them. I'd love to hear from you. All right. So now um another change I'm going to be doing soon and I and I haven't done it yet. But one change that you will see from me is I am going to be doing a logo change and, um, the logo change I'm going to be doing stems back from this DM that I got on social media. Now, now, first of all, <clears throat> let me tell you about, I kind of got attacked on social media from someone who didn't like my logo. <laughs> and I got this message that was like, Oh, nice logo. Ever heard of trademark infringement? And I'm like, and I, this was when I was going through my lawsuit and I'm like, what is this message? And I immediately got scared and filled with fear. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get sued? Like what's happening? And so, so what ended up happening is they were bringing up this podcast called maintenance phase. And they were like, your, your logo is ripping off maintenance phase. And so I go and I look up this logo, this maintenance phase logo, 
And, and first of all, I look up this podcast. I'm like, well, first of all, thank you for introducing me to a new podcast that I can, that I can review. I'm always looking for new, great podcasts that I can talk about. Um, and their logo is like, I see where they thought there was a similarity because we both have apples in our logo. Mine is a bright red apple, like a sole apple with like a little green leaf and it says the diet obsessed on it. Now the maintenance phase logo is kind of a, it's, I thought it was pink at first, but it's, I guess it's kind of a pale shade of red. It's like this pinkish reddish apple and then a blue pear behind it and the words maintenance phase. And it's kind of a gray background where mine's white. It's, it's different. I mean, I, I can see there's a slight similarity in that there's, we both have apples, but I'm like, uh, okay. So, so then I, now let me, let me first tell you that I am not tied to my logo. Okay. I always planned to update my logo the way I, so when I first started this, I, you know, I, I didn't know whether I'd be even be able to do it. I didn't know whether I'd be successful at even learning the technology to be able to upload a podcast. I was really intimidated by the whole thought of it. And, you know, and, and I also didn't know if I would be consistent. And so I, when I first learned, set out to learn how to podcast and learn the technology and I, and, and I signed up for Buzzsprout, which is where I host my website. And I'm like, I, 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 I listened to a podcast to learn how to do it. And I bought all the equipment and I, I, I did everything. And then when I signed up for Buzzsprout, I asked for you to upload some artwork and I'm like, oh shit, I need a logo. And so I had a membership to this, this company called Canva, which helps you with graphic design. And cause I Googled like, you know, create a free logo. And because again, I've been very financially challenged. And so I, I just wanted a, a quick free logo that I didn't put a lot of thought into. I just wanted something to put up there. And, and so I, I, I think I Googled the word on Canva cause I already had a membership to them. I was like, let me just Google the word organic. Cause I'm like, okay, this is going to be kind of like a health food diet culture podcast. Let me just Google the word organic. And this picture of this apple popped up and I'm like, oh, it's simple. It's clean. It kind of like denotes health. Great. Like, let me just choose this. And so I chose that image off Canva, typed on the words, the diet obsessed, downloaded it as a JPEG and uploaded it onto my Buzzsprout. Now, you're not supposed to use Canva to create an original logo. Like you're just, again, like, so I always meant to, I always knew that if I wanted my podcast to actually continue and become something and, and I wanted to put more work and invest more into it, that I would actually hire somebody to help me with the graphic design and, and make a really nice logo that's well thought out. And I put some thought into the branding and blah, blah, blah. So I always knew that. And so when this person like started attacking me for my logo, one of my thoughts was like, I'll, I was planning on redoing my logo anyway, but of course my Italian fiery side got all hopped up and I started fighting back with this person. I'm like, well, how could you think this logo is similar? It's different colors. It doesn't have a pair in it. Is it? And so I started, of course, defending myself and that made them attack me. They're like, well, it's a similar topic and, and you, and you could get sued for trademark infringement and blah. And, and I'm just, 
and and I'm and I had this huge long paragraph tight back and I'm like why am I doing this I'm like why am I fighting with this person on social media and so I ended up just block I think I don't know if I blocked them but I just I, I deleted the message and I just I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give this air I'm not gonna keep responding I, it doesn't feel good to fight with somebody on social media and also there's no reason to I'm going to redo this logo anyway so now that I, you know, won my arbitration, I can put some resources towards improving this podcast. And, I, and I've and i been consistent with it for the past year. And I've heard from some of you, some of my loyal listeners who are really enjoying it. I'm like, oh, okay, like I want to keep doing this and I want to put more into it. I want to invest and make it even better. So that's what I'll be doing this year. I'll be redoing my logo. I'll be, you know... I got this new soundboard, so hopefully you'll hear some new sounds and, and you know, a, a little bit of a better sound quality to, to this, um, to what I'm doing here. So, so that is coming. And, and you know, when I've been waiting to do this podcast review of maintenance phase, um, which, you know, is, is unfortunate because this is a really, really good podcast. Now, now, and I, and I understand that this person who attacked me or I felt attacked, uh, you know, they're a loyal listener to this, to maintenance phase. And, and I understand why, like maintenance phase, first of all, is a very, it's one of the most successful health and wellness podcasts out there. And the woman who hosts it, um, her name is, her name is Aubrey Gordon. She's a writer. She wrote your fat friend and she's a fat activist. And she's brilliant. She's, she's well-spoken. She's funny. She's, um, you know, she's, she's, she's really intelligent. She, and she articulates herself and her points and her messaging very, very well. Um, and then her friend, uh, and her co-host is, his name is Mike Hobbs. He's a writer and, and they're both gay. So their angle, you know, and again, like all these different wellness podcasts, they all have a different kind of slant to them, right? And and it's all based on the host's life and perspective and how they see the world and, and the experiences that they've been through, right? So, so Aubrey is someone who has struggled with her weight all her life. She is someone who has been in a larger body all her life and has dealt with a lot of you know, she's, she's dealt with a lot of discrimination as, as will be detailed in this podcast. It's, it's horrible what she's had to deal with. And, and, and then of course she has the other, um, side that she's also a gay woman. And so, and, and so they share a lot of perspectives from, you know, the being gay in America and some of, some of, some of how, you know, they relate to the world and so, you know, so they have this unique perspective that, that they, that they have this podcast together. Um, and so basically the inspirations for them is that they, you know, they, they were very skeptical of the wellness industry and, and a lot of the, the top health podcasts out there were not skeptical. And so they wanted to kind of give that other opinion and, you know, Aubrey's point in doing this podcast, because I went back and I listened to their very first podcast, because that's, that's what I always want to know is, is the why, like, why did they, why are they interested in this? Why are they starting this podcast? And so Aubrey, you know, her whole thing is 
fat doesn't need to mean unhealthy. And what she wrote about in your fat friend is that, you know, she's, she's, she was a 20, a size 24 when she graduated high school and she wanted to share what it was like being a fat lady. And, you know, and she had tried when she was young, every weight loss method. And she said she'd always lose anywhere from 10 to 50 pounds, but then she'd gain it all back plus some. And she's like, this is what happens to 99% of people. And, and, but she was told, you know, that this is her personal failure. And so, you know, and, and she's like, oh, you know, it's, it's like the way society, society treated her was like, sorry, if people are shitty to you, it's your fault, you know, and and that's not the truth. There are people that are going to be in larger size bodies that are healthy and it's not it's not their fault, right? This is the way that they were born. This is their genetic profile. Um and and she shares this other perspective of how biased the world is, how fat phobic the world is to the point that you know, children have been taken away from their parents because the kids are overweight. And people view that as child abuse. I mean, and I and I have not heard that story, right? Like I hear about <clears throat> in my world, of course, how people that medical cannabis patients have had their children taken away from them because they are using a medicine that's that's healing to them and is 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 under stigma. So I am very well versed with stigmas of the world. I'm much more well-versed in the, uh, you know, the cannabis stigma, you know, as someone myself who has grown up in a societally approved quote unquote body, I've, I have thin privilege, you know, obviously this has not been my world. And I think this perspective though is important. It's important for people to hear about what is happening to fat people, to marginalized people of all sorts. Um, and this one, and, and, and Aubrey shares her, her stories and, and, you know, encounters she's had and people in her network for just simply being in a larger body size. So she's at a point now where she's made peace with her size and she wants to educate on fat awareness, you know, because people's concerns over other people's sizes is often rooted in misinformation. And that's her point in this. <clears throat> And Mike shared, you know, Mike shared that, and I don't, Mike's not on social media and I didn't see any pictures of him, but the way he speaks, it sounds like he's probably in a thinner body because he's very deferential to the, um, to like trying to understand her side of things and like her perspective. And it, it, it's clear that he doesn't quite understand it. So he's very respectful in the way he asks questions to try to understand like what that life is like. He shares some of his stories because he is a very empathetic person and it sounds like his mom was overweight. Um, and so of course he did grow up with that understanding. And I think of course my family having been overweight and struggling with their health. Now, of course my perspective comes from that their health was greatly affected by their their choices for what they eat and how they lived um but i've also i i do understand the empathy of you know people in a larger body size and some of the some of the some of the things that they deal with in the world so mike mike shared a story <clears throat> that he was on a date with a guy 
who was an anesthesiologist. And he and this guy that he went out with was starting to complain about fat people and how it's hard to find the right dose of anesthesia for them. And so, and he was just, as, as this doctor was like telling him these stories and complaining, he started getting angrier and angrier. And to the point where the, his date finally asked him, he's like, why are you getting so upset? Was like your mom fat? I don't know if he said fat. And he's like, you know, is your mom overweight? And, and, and she was. And he's like, yeah. And, and she was always on a diet and she was always, always, always trying. And the world treated her like shit. And I hated seeing it. So Mike was really triggered. So Mike, Mike empathizes because his mom struggled. And, and so one of the biggest myths that they share is that, is that fat activists are saying that all fat people are healthy. And that's not what they're saying. They're not saying that every single fat person is healthy. Uh, the point that they're that they're trying to say is it's all individual. You know, not all skinny people are healthy and not all fat people are unhealthy. And we've talked about that on on this show many times um, with other, you know, fat activists like Reagan Chastain. Um, you know, she does. She's the other one that I've really featured on the show. So then um, Aubrey shared a study from the C- CDC that they looked at, they looked at lesbians and decided to research why are lesbians overweight? When first of all, you know, a lot, most research is done on straight people anyway. And of course they just decide to study this specific, um, you know, focus relating to, you know, gay women, which is, which is bullshit. Um, Mike, talked about a study that showed that fat people are hesitant to go to the doctor because of the lack of care and because of the discrimination they face. Um, there's so much weight bias in healthcare that fat people often don't get that proper diagnosis. And that was the topic that I shared um, that Reagan Chastain talked about. I think she was on DST. Um, Aubrey shared a time that she went to the doctor and she went in for an ear infection and the doctor wouldn't even make, make eye contact with her. He just focused on her weight loss needs. Um, Mike talked about how, you know, telling people to lose weight just doesn't work. You know, most people gain more weight from the trying and the stress involved in, in trying to fit into society, society standards and the stress hormones that are released with that. That is a fact as well. Um, Aubrey talked about how 94% of fat people experience weight discrimination. That leads to, to even more weight gain by triggering the stress response. The fatter you get, the less likely you are to ever be thin. Less than uh, 1 in 10% chance that you'll get to a healthy BMI. Mike said, if you focus on eating nutritional and exercising, you'll be more likely to be healthy. You may not lose a ton of weight, but healthy and skinny don't always go together. Um, He said, it's not up to you, though, to monitor anyone else's health choices. I mean, that's what they're trying to do is like, don't look at anyone else, what anyone else is doing. Don't make judgments about other people. You know, if you want to be healthier, just eat more nutritionally and exercise and you will be healthier. It's not about a focus on weight and it shouldn't be about a focus on weight. Aubrey talked about an experience she had. She had to switch doctors and the new doctor ended up running blood work and she had gone, she had sought out a fat friendly doctor 
and and she had she had originally before she went to this new doctor she had been placed on a statin which is a cholesterol med and normal ranges for cholesterol are supposed to be between 100 and 200 and hers was 19 and she had only been given that statin only because she was she was fat there was no like there was no actual reason like she didn't have an elevated cholesterol the doctor just assumed that she needed to be put on this drug simply because she was overweight. So there's this school of thought Aubrey talked about where doctors will automatically put people on blood pressure meds, cholesterol meds, and and truly what that does if you don't have a true need for it, it puts you at risk for a stroke. So that's horrible. I mean, you know, it, to, to hear that this is actually happening in the healthcare world, I, I 100% believe it. I 1000 believe that there's bias in the healthcare system and, and this is happening and it's horrible. Um, you know, they talked about that society is just out of control on this topic, that all public messages should be, should be, the public messages should be more geared towards overall health, not weight. Start stop talking about this obesity epidemic and start talking about the lack of exercise epidemic. You know, diet related diseases are, of course, a concern, but there's so much more to focus on on than than weight. And so Mike talked about how, you know, to really address this issue, another issue is the fact that people need to be able to make a living wage. They need access to veg to vegetables. They need safe neighborhoods they can go out for a walk in. So and and that is, right? This uh the the economic issues surrounding this issue where, you know, if you're if you don't have money to go to Whole Foods, to go and seek out fresh vegetables and, and to have time to really look at nutritional labels and, and, and learn about these things. Uh, you know, Aubrey talked about how, you know, it's important for people to take the word fat back. And, and it's, it's, you know, of course, there's been so much stigma around that world, uh, around that word that it's more a focus on how you treat people. And, you know, she said that, you know, in the past, she just didn't want people to notice. She said she spent 20 years hiding from her own body. And now she's really focusing on embracing it. She's like, I lead now with I'm fat and queer. And and she's okay now talking about it because she wants to normalize it and make it okay for people to talk about and Mike's like, you know, there's no script on what to say. You know, people are used to fat people being self-deprecating and and people find it very threatening when 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 people are okay in their body, when when people are fat and are okay with it and they're not trying to lose weight. That society gets like triggered by that for some reason. <clears throat> and Aubrey said a lot of people end up lashing their fears uh, sorry, unleashing their fears of getting fat. And, and some, she gets questions, the weirdest questions. She said, she said, she'll get questions about like how she has sex and like how it's possible with, with her body size. And, and Mike has had people, Mike's like, 
a lot of people just tend to overshare with me. Like, you know, if, if when they find out I'm gay and, and they're like, they want to like somehow like relate to me in some weird way, they'll like share that they gave a hand job in college when, you know, just to kind of weirdly relate, you know, they get nervous around about it. And, um, and Aubrey asked about like what she's asking like what the response to the podcast has been like has Mike gotten gotten messages on on social media like how are people reacting to them having a podcast about about fat acceptance and and normalizing this and and being okay with body positivity and Mike said he's gotten emails from older dudes uh saying that they have the trick to losing weight and um and, and, and that, that they're saying in their emails that, oh, fat people don't get it. I know how to, I know the trick to losing weight. They just don't understand it. Here's, here's how they do, how, here's how they can get thin. And, and Aubrey rather gets really insidious emails saying things like you have blood on your hands for perpetuating fat culture and for, for allow, you know, helping people be okay with their size. And, and Mike said, yeah, I will get some of those. He's like, I, I get things like, Oh, you're glorifying obesity. And and Aubrey said that, you know, if fat people show their skin, you know, show themselves eating something, people just go completely crazy and just get completely threatened by it. It's it's insane. And she said her her white whale is what she what she called it. She's like her like, you know, her her goal is to try to figure out that specific emotion. You know, why people get so threatened by seeing fat people, for example, enjoying indulgent food. Like, why this triggers people. And she said she does have a hypothesis. She said, when you've had to work so hard and stay vigilant, and you've been so terrified to get fat because you think that you won't be fine, and, and then you see a fat person doing fine and it makes you mad. She's like, that's one of my hypotheses. So, of course, the white whale reference is like a Moby Dick reference where, you know, she's, you know, just it's like this mythical trying to chase this this hard to find, you know, answer, you know, and and why why this type of thing elicits that type of emotion from people. And, you know, if, if people have had to, to work so hard at staying thin and that, that ends up making mad, making them mad that other people are indulging themselves. Um, her other hypothesis on this, this topic is, you know, she thinks that people see her as their as as their nightmare future self that they're so scared of 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 getting fat that they see her as a potential for their future and it freaks them out and they just want to like and, and and so they have this visceral reaction to her being okay with herself and 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 so that's that's another hypothesis that she has she talked about how fat people will get trash thrown at them. They will have people yell at them from cars. And she thinks that they're afraid of being her in the future. And, and I, I actually, I think there's, 
I think there's truth to all of that. I, I, I actually do think that a lot of people that have those types of reactions, I think her first point is exactly it, right? A lot of people, a lot of people that stress out about every single morsel that they're putting in their mouth and they're just trying to stay down that like last 10 pounds and they're torturing themselves because they think that this is what they need to be approved by society and they're miserable they're miserable they're hungry you know there's all these jokes about people that are actually mean and it's because they're hungry right whereas here's this fat person who's eating that hot dog and wearing that nice outfit that's cool and breezy and and they're getting triggered by it they're not sitting there in shame like this you know this privileged person just trying to stay down that like five to ten pounds and so she thinks that that is and I, I and I think that she's right in that I also think that it can be tied to shame I think that I think that there's a lot of people in general, no matter what their body size is, that are that have been taught to 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 feel shame around eating certain things. And I and I think I talked about it in another podcast how like when my, I remember my my friend Crystal when she ordered like chicken tenders in front of her date, I'm like, "Oh, she's so brave." And it's like I was just jealous of her because she's eating this delicious chicken tender and not embarrassed or shamed about it. And and I think that there is something tied into shame around this visceral reaction that people are like, well, how is she not full of shame when I'm full of shame and I'm in a thinner body, right? And I feel shame to eat this hot dog in front of people and I feel shame to wear this, you know, short sleeve shirt, but she doesn't. So why why should she not feel that and I feel that? And I think that that makes them angry inside. I, that's my hypothesis when she brought this up. I think it's... I do think it's a really interesting topic and I think very worthy of of looking into more. And I think it'd make a great book. So Mike then talked about how the public health message in general is terrible and how the, the public health message has led to some of this, that being fat is like the worst thing you can be. And, and when we talk about health risks, it means we're talking about, well, the point is that he's saying that that when people when 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 the public health message is talking about a health risk and they're also tying it to to obesity or to larger body size we're actually talking about people and it's most of most of society at this point like most of society is in a larger body than what is held up in 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 media and and then Aubrey talked about how Another issue is that people think being fat is a choice, similar to like the gay trans conversation, like how really uneducated, ignorant people think that being gay is a choice or being transgender is a choice. And it's just not. Um, A lot of people think that being fat is a choice and that people are just choosing to eat indulgent things and not move their body when that is not the case for everybody. There are some people that run marathons that are in a larger body size than people that don't run marathons, right? And so, you know, again, this idea that just because people are in a thinner, thinner body means that they're in better shape is just a total fallacy. And that's their goal with talking about this and and educating the public. Um, And so then Aubrey talked about 
she's, she started kind of showing some examples. She's like, the things that people say is completely unbelievable. And then they tend to be proud of it. You know, shouting at people from a passing car and being abusive. She's like, she said she wore workout clothes on a dog walk and someone yelled at them, good for you. You'll get there. And she's like, dude, this is not a workout, ma'am. This is just bringing my dog out to do her business. And and she's like, it's not worth her energy to respond. She said another person stopped and asked her if she knew about this new weight loss clinic that had just opened up and she, and and thought that she was actually helping her. Now, I will say personally, like I, I, I always think good for you when I see anybody working out, you know, and, and, you know, if I, if I'm in Phoenix and I see anybody, whether they're in a thinner body or a larger body out running, I'm like, Hey, good for you. So I don't think that just because people say, Hey, good for you. It's, it's always about just because she's fat. I think anybody that's in a regular healthy habit of working out Hey, good for them. It's it's a good habit to have that deserves re- positive reinforcement, right? So I I I if if I said that to her and she got insulted, it was not would not I, I say that to to thinner people too. Um, but I think again when you've had that perspective and that lens of people judging you and saying things to you all your life based on your body size, of course you're going to see a comment like that through that same lens. Um, and, and Mike's like, it's exhausting. He's like, you know, to, to try to like educate people on this, it it can be exhausting. And, and Aubrey shared another story of how, you know, she was walking to work one day, it was 106 degrees out. She was like, it was so hot. And she was wearing a sleeveless shirt and a guy yelled at her, Hey, we don't need to see that. And she's like, she's like, what should I be wearing, sir? (laughs) It's 106 degrees out. Should I be wearing like a sweater right now that covers every inch of my body? And because he, she called him out, he like sheepishly said, oh, not that. Like as if, oh, just, you shouldn't be wearing that. What a fucking loser that guy is. I mean, honestly, loser. Anybody, I cannot imagine people doing this, I am sure it happens. Like I believe every word she's saying, it's just, it's shocking to me. Um, if I ever heard that, I would absolutely shame that person that yelled that. And I'd be like, I mean, I'd probably start, you know, turning it on him, which is not the right thing to do, but you know, I, I, I would have a visceral reaction against that guy that said something like that. And I, and good for her, good for Aubrey saying something back that made him reflect on his words because that is the best thing that you can do is turn a mirror on those people and show them how disgusting they're being. Um, and so, so then Mike's talked about, look, there's no such thing as like this blanket, like, oh, this is going to be healthy for everybody. He's like, there's no such thing as a superfood. He's like, that us, acai is not going to make you healthy. You know, this is, this is, this is both going to be, I don't know what that note is. This is both going to be the road to wellness. I'm not sure. What I will say is that sometimes on these types of podcasts where they, they tend to start trashing the entire wellness industry. Now, I like some of the wellness industry and I personally love acai 
And I know that the word superfood is supposed to be like this bad, bad word now that, that the wellness industry has, has like done bad things to. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's like this, this, that this word superfood has become like this negative word. And I, I have a different opinion about this. I mean, I, I have talked many times about my superfood smoothie on here. And look, I have to say that I believe that the consistency I've had just getting into the habit of making this very nutritious shake that has the acai and the chia seeds and the blueberries and all these foods that are anti-inflammatory to the body, it's like, and have all these other nutri- like nutritious value to them. Like, I, that's why I do it. And I, I don't, I think, I do believe that that's helped my skin and helped because I've been so consistent with it. And Again, I, I understand why some people have a visceral reaction when it's used by diet culture, but I also think there's 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 value there in terms of nutrition. So anyway, this is where I don't agree with all of these anti-diet culture podcasts. Like, obviously, I understand the points of getting people out of the diet culture mentality. But again, I think that there are some, there is some important value and things you can learn from some of these wellness techniques. Anyway, so, so then they talk about, let's see. Um, so Aubrey was sharing, you know, some of these things that people were shouting out at her. Um, and Aubrey talked about how we're not addressing our family issues, underlying issues, Mike talked about how not everyone is diligent or can be diligent, which is fine for them. You know, some people need to focus on mental health and can't eat in a specific way. Again, I they're they're really getting into these like super wellness podcasts that have all of these like different like wellness routines that are just it's too much. And actually, this girl Sophia Amoroso, who's this entrepreneur girl who. Um, she wrote this book, Girl Boss. She had this hundred million company that ended up failing and going bankrupt. And she actually had this really interesting post the other day. She's like, look, if your wellness routine in the morning takes three hours, she's like, and you're hot, you're highlighting that is like the best way to live. She's like, you're going to make a lot of people feel bad about themselves. You know, a lot of people, it's just not realistic to get up and read in the morning and go out for a walk and meditate and make a, you know, fresh ground, you know, freshly made almond, almond milk and, you know, all these things. And I totally agree with that. Like I, but I do think that in, in this wellness culture, you can take certain little hacks that work for you and incorporate them into an overall healthy lifestyle. So that's, that's why I still am interested in some of these wellness blogs and wellness podcasts. Cause I do get little tips that do work for me and that are life hacks. Like there's all kinds of hacks it's just like working out. Like when I work out, I try to do movements that multi that are high intensity that incorporate cardio plus strength training so that the one exercise I'm doing is so impactful that I get a great workout in a very, very short amount of time. That's what I consider a fitness hack. I believe in nutrition and fitness hacks to overall to maintain health, to prevent disease, to look the way you want to look. And so anyway, that's my opinion. Um, and so 
let's see. And then, then they talked about just some of like the, 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 the reality, the reality of society, right? That people of a lower socioeconomic situation, they just don't, you can't do all of these wellness things, right? Because they're expensive. And Aubrey talked about how she has a friend who has low-income housing. She has no kitchen. She has diabetes. And she eats frozen meals. And that's great. She's like, public health says that's bad. But she's like, that's good for her. You know, that's as well-balanced as she's going to get. And that's making a good choice for her situation. I completely agree with that. Mike was talking about how it's not about switching to only meat from 6 to 8 p.m. You know, just again, all these like really specific nutrition hacks. And that's that's like that. Um, that uh, what's that? That's that guy that I uh, Max Lugavere podcast like Max is all into doing those really specific, annoying wellness hacks that are just like, OK, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little too much. Um, and so Aubrey said, you know, having zero dollars, this, this friend of hers that has no money that has to manage her health, manage her illness, you know, she's, she's doing the best that she can. And that's, that's a, that's a, an important segment of the population that needs to focus on the best that they can do. Right. And, and I believe in that for many things, harm reduction, right doing these small things that can make small improvements, not 1000%. It's not about perfection. And so, so that's overall, like what the intent of this podcast is. They want to give that perspective, give the perspective of these different populations, these marginalized communities, fat people, gay people, lower income people, um, maintenance phase brings, uh, you know, they, it brings in a lot of science. They review scientific articles. They review, um, you know, different things that are very, you know, based in science and, um, and then they bring up a lot of fallacy. They bring up a lot of different ideas that have been perpetuated about diet culture, about overall health. It's all bullshit. That's marketing tactics by big, you know, big diet or the food industry or the agriculture industry. So they, they like to break some of these myths. They like to educate about fat people, fat acceptance, you know, fat phobia, body positivity, you know, self acceptance. Uh, so it's a great podcast. It's really, really good. You know, Aubrey is extremely educated. She's funny. Uh, and so I, I, it's, it's a great podcast. She has a huge following. She has like, you know, 200,000 people, I think that follow her on Instagram. Um, she's got a blue check mark. So, I mean, their podcast is like leagues above mine in terms of how it's thriving. So I can only hope and dream to be up there someday. So, um, so definitely no trademark infringement here. I will be updating my own logo to something that I really love now that, you know, I'm continuing this podcast into 2023 and beyond. Um, more to come on the Patreon. I will be starting. I'm going to be changing probably the format of my regular day, uh, weekly shows um, when I start my Patreon. But I'll, I'll get there. It's probably not going to be for a little while. I need to figure out Patreon and get my graphic design done and, and do all that stuff. So I do have 
uh, some other new podcasts that I've been listening to that I'm going to be doing reviews on, including What the Fork. Uh, There's this other one, I think it's called Whole Body something, Whole Body Living or something like that. More more uh, registered dietitians that have these wellness podcasts, but um, I thought this one was really interesting because it's it's writers, it's fat activists, it's um, you know gay activism. It's you know it's got a very interesting perspective, and it's it's very 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 well done. So I'm sure I'll be doing more episodes from Maintenance Face. So go check them out, uh, and then please um, leave a review for this episode. Let me know what you think. Um, if you have any ideas to share, please DM me at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Um, and until we meet again.